Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. You know, we're in a season at the time of doing these actual podcasts and broadcasts, uh, the season of giving thanks, Thanksgiving season in 2017. So we've been looking at scripture related to that. And, you know, there's just a, a vast amount of scripture that uh, speaks of giving thanks to the Lord, giving thanks for what he's done for us, giving thanks for one another and how we go about doing that. And so we've been looking at the last couple episodes in First Chronicles 16. And I wanted to pick that up again and continue through it because there's just some wonderful truths here. This is where David has appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the Ark of the Lord. Remember that? And so he gathered these, uh, this, these people together, these families together, and he told them to give thanks to the Lord. And we saw what he said initially. We'll give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, sing to him, glory in his name, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. Not just seeking his face during corporate gatherings once or twice a week, but to seek his face at all times. That we're to remember his wonderful deeds, which he's done. We're to remember those marvelous things, those judgments out of his mouth. So we pick up in verse 14 now, 1 Chronicles 16, and he says this, and this is all, um, remember this, this is what they were declaring unto the Lord. This is what they were worshiping uh, with. This is what they were saying, verse 14. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. They are literally worshiping the Lord by declaring the truths that they know about him. And, you know, we would do quite well to do that. You know, if you actually pay attention and listen to how we worship the Lord and what we say, quite often you'll find out that a lot of what we do really isn't worshiping him. We may be talking about him to each other. In other words, it's a horizontal kind of thing. Okay. And that's fine. That's, that's valid. That's what's happening right here. He says, he is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. We're, we're declaring that to each other. We're exhorting one another and encouraging one another with that truth. But then a lot of times we start talking about God as if he's not even in the room, like he's over hiding in the corner of something. And we really don't just get right down and declare, Lord, I love you. Lord, we praise you. It's good to do what he's doing right here, okay? So don't hear me wrong on this, to declare who God is. But what's happening is they're declaring that he is the Lord our God corporately unto the Most High God and then literally doing battle within the heavenly realms. Because, you know, a lot of times we think, well, it's just us here worshiping together. It's just us and God. <laughs> well, it is us. It is God. And then there's others. There are others that are hearing this. And those others are sent fleeing when they hear the declaration of who the Lord is. So he is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Verse 15, remember his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. And we've talked about this before, but remember, God is a covenant-making and covenant-keeping God. He is the one who initiates covenant. We're not talking about contractual relationships here. We're talking about covenantal relationships. And he initiates. And in the scripture, you'll see uh, around nine different covenants. I won't go through them. But the Lord makes these covenants. The next verse gives us an example. Verse 16. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his 
oath to Isaac. Then verse 17, he also confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. Now, boy, there's some serious truths right here that we would do well to pay attention to because God is the one who initiated this covenant. God is the one who called Abraham out from the land of Ur. Okay? The Lord was the one that did that. And Abraham was a sun worshiper. He was an idol worshiper, idol worshiper. And God called him and God made covenant with him. You see that in Genesis 12 and particularly Genesis 15. So God made a covenant with Abraham and part of that covenant was that he was going to give him land. Abraham never attained to all that land. He never had all the land. He never built the city. He uh, lived in tents his whole life. He walked upon the land. He lived upon the land, but his eyes and his focus and attention was upon the land that was yet to be received. It really is quite a vivid picture of how we are to live our lives as true believers. So what's being declared here is that God made a covenant with Abraham. But if you notice how it was voiced with Isaac and Jacob, we're always hearing Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay? Abraham received the covenant. God's oath came to Isaac, and he confirmed it to Jacob for a statue. So, And you'll see this with Isaac and Jacob. The Lord will say he's, he's not making a new covenant with them. He's confirming the covenant that he had made with their father and with their grandfather and said, I'm doing the same thing with you. Okay. I'm doing the same thing and it's going to carry on and it's to Israel as an everlasting covenant. Verse 17. He also confirmed it to Jacob for a statue to Israel, Jacob and Israel are the same, same guy, but then to Israel as a people as an everlasting covenant. One part of that covenant was the land of Canaan. That's what verse 18 says. To you, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. Okay, this is what you're going to inherit, this land. And so when you hear people saying today that the Jewish people never had the land that they're on right now, that they've never been given it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the Scripture begs otherwise. The Scripture tells us otherwise. And you will also hear many, many people who are true believers who are totally deceived about this. Uh, I actually heard this voiced I was watching a denominational state meeting, and this is last week, and uh, uh, someone was speaking, not from that denomination, but from a big seminary, okay, not, not a denominational seminary, another well-known seminary, and just uh, was going to be preaching and was talking and, and launched in the Revelation 12 to start with, and then all of a sudden said this, that the church is God's Israel, no, the church is not God's Israel. Israel is Israel, and the church is the church. And this whole idea of that the church is God's Israel, if you appropriate that to your thinking and then go back and try to read the Old Testament, you're going to wind up having to totally pervert it in thousands and thousands of places and ways. And you, people say, well, why do people do that? Because they don't know the Word of God, and they want to believe what they want to believe. Right here it says that this was confirmed as an everlasting covenant, an everlasting. And a lot of times I want to go, hey, what part of everlasting do y'all not understand? 
Well, they come back and they make it conditional. They'll say, well, God said he would do that if they did this. And you do find conditional covenants. You do find conditional things that the Lord says, okay? But usually it's around the thing not from breaking the covenant, but of blessing and curses. The covenant has not been broken, but you'll be blessed if you do this, or you'll be cursed if you don't do it. And so it's an everlasting covenant. So let me back up verse 16. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac. Remember, they're worshiping God in this way. He also confirmed it to Jacob for a statue to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. I was going to look at the next two verses, but we run out of time. We'll pick it up the next time. But he's going to continue this idea and showing them what God has done. They were using what the Lord had done and bringing them forth as a people to worship him. They were saying, Lord, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing. And we thank you for what is yet to come. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.